0: All right, you have notes uh, that are for your for your consumption, and um, I gave you the core value sheet, so that'll be something you can go ahead and start working on as you have time. I would encourage you early and often on that. Um, I, I I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but um, you know the, the the test, the final exam in this class is probably the only thing that's going to really be. Like challenging, challenging. The papers, papers slash papers. And just so you guys know, um, Sophia, for your sake, um, there's an application paper that we talked about last week under the class requirements section in the front of the notes. You can see that 500 to 700 word, double-spaced application p- paper. You can read that and let me know if you have any issues. I assume you're not doing the honors requirement, Sophia. You don't have any interest in the honors, do you? No, but
1: my school's not going it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's why I figured you're not not because you're not honorable or whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The, honor- the jury's still out on that anyway. Um, so I just didn't know if I need to explain that too. But we have a paper that also you want to keep in mind and watch for that. because That's going to sneak up on us here and um, at the end of March. So that that's something to keep in mind. Also, again, just the core values. You have those now. So you should be in good shape to start studying and, and memorizing those. Here's an idea. Record yourself saying them, you know, out loud and on your phone and then listen to it over and over again. I mean, that would make it fairly easy. That's a good way of memorizing. Um, But uh, I asked you last week um, to read with comprehension, right? And we talked even just a moment ago about like reading with your brain turned on. And so one of the things that I asked you to do last week was to kind of give me some... Things that stuck out to you from the reading, some talking points, some things that maybe you highlighted, um, something that was of of significance to you. So I'd like to start with that tonight before we jump into the notes, but something that stuck out to you and I mean, I'm not going to ask, I think I asked you to highlight at least like three things. Um, I'm not going to ask you to give me all three, but maybe one or two, anything that was of, of meaning, of influence, of importance to you it was just all good Sophia like when you are serving, I'm, I'm sorry I feel like when you truly are serving you feel, you think about yourself less naturally so okay. you're not really serving then you're thinking about like yourself hmm so it's like almost like self neglect am I doing that I personally, my
1: experience when I'm serving, I'm all in. I don't really
0: think about myself. I feel happier than if I was. Yeah, no, that's that's very good, and that's that's very true, and that's one of the reasons that when you go on a mission trip, uh, you come back just feeling like amazing because you spent the entire time you were gone just serving and pouring yourself out and being like a hundred, just absolutely like exhausted for for what you were doing, but it was not about you. And we 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 all spend a lot of time thinking about ourselves and serving ourselves primarily. Most of the time, we're, the, the things that we do are fairly self-serving. We're thinking about and trying to do things for ourselves. Um, and not because we shouldn't be doing those things, but um, we also ought to be obviously thinking about others. And that's a very good point, that when we are thinking about others, um, we are more satisfied because that's the way God built us. We, God built us to be satisfied in, in serving. And uh, that's a good point. Good part of what we're going to be talking about tonight. So, good, okay? What else? Anything, maybe something specific from the book, from the chapter that stuck out to you? Yeah,
1: Matt. His sentence is perhaps you are where you are because no one else would volunteer for a position. Maybe you leave because you signed on and automatically became the leader, ready or not. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very rarely do you get directly asked, will you please lead this? Hmm doesn't develop really a lot after that, but uh, as the saying goes, 90% of life is showing up. Mm. And if you just show up and you're available for things, you'll be surprised how often you quickly move from I'm just here to leading it because yeah. so few others are even there at all.
0: And they're not they're not willing to take direction or uh, either. You know, they're willing yeah. to... You, like, if you're willing to show up, and I, I try to... to... do what you're there for. Exactly. And I, I try to... to... I, most of you teens have probably heard me say this more than once, but if you uh, if you show up when you're supposed to show up, do what you're asked to do without complaining, um, and you're honest, you will be head and shoulders above 90% of people out there today. Um, it, it, it is truly uh, your world to take uh, in terms of, and, and yeah, and you will very quickly find yourself in leadership positions because if you're willing to, to do what you're asked to do without complaining, and, and you actually show up. I mean, I've, yeah.
1: I've been promoted at jobs, not because I was promoted, but because everyone else left. Yeah. And literally, if you were just there uh, mm-hmm. and doing what you're supposed to do, you wouldn't go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about, like real life, like out out there in, in the workforce. And and I mean, certainly, yes, in, in ministry, obviously, all these things are the, the, the first application, I think, is obviously, at least primarily with the book in mind, is the church and serving and serving God and everything. But all these things have vast application to, if you want to say it, you know, the real world vocation, the vocational world that's out there. Um yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that when I got out of seminary and was in the workforce for a number of years, um, I I don't want to say it surprised me because I had worked in, in different, you know, types of work before, but, but it, it always was a little bit like, this is just too easy. Like, (laughs) like it shouldn't, I'm not like the brightest guy out here, but yet somehow I seem to do really well wherever I go. And it's, and it's simple. It's just doing what you're supposed to do when you're asked with a good attitude and um you're you're gonna you really stand out and and if you're just willing to show up you're you're uh, you're gonna be if you're if you're willing to be on time <laughs> i mean seriously like um that that you're you're already ahead of the game so okay good good what else
1: kevin uh what he's pointing out on uh, page eight None of, none of the people that he remembers in his life were you know, confident, assertive, charismatic type leaders. Yep. So, I mean, and you think about it, I mean, and Jesus was definitely a servant leader, mm-hmm. but he still had that, he was charismatic. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes it's tempting to think that, oh, I'm not charismatic. I can't and I don't have to lead, but you're leading somewhere in yep. If you don't attract thousands yep. you you're always going to be somebody. Yep. You'll be put in those situations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we talked about the fact that like, all of you, uh, whether you feel like you're a leader or not, last week we mentioned that all of you are leaders. All of us are leaders. We all influence. If leadership is influence, and that is one definition of it, um, that we all influence plenty of people. And um, there's people that look up to all of you my kids follow all of you teenagers, you know, certainly your own children, our own, my, my kids follow me. Um, you know, we're, we're all leaders in different capacities. And, uh, and yeah, I thought that was really, um, that was a really good point that he made about the fact like they, they, they probably didn't strike you at the time and, and you all haven't gotten to this point yet probably, but, but, as you get older, you're going to realize that the people who influenced you the most were probably not these like massively popular people or they didn't have these massive followings and they weren't the people that had, you know, 15,000 uh, followers on Instagram or whatever. Like those were not the pe or, or 15 million or whatever. Like those were not the people that you're going to think, man, that like they actually made a difference in my life. Um, it's going to be. As I look back in my own life, it's going to be people that are much more humble and um, and that were willing to listen and that just loved you and that's that's the people that you're going to look back on and say that they they had an influence and that's leadership um, that that's that's what we're talking about Good maybe one or two more.
1: Right.
0: Yes. It's profache. <laughs> okay. The profache. The I don't know
1: who he is. Anyway, I thought that was really good. Um, and there's a quote,
0: especially, you um, need a God designed a leader who blazes the clear trail and makes his eyes on the leader. Um, and then a couple, later, a couple sentences later, he said God wants Christians to, to leaders and junior and senior classes to become a class to look at for to the school, to
1: in the mold of what teenagers normally are. I think just like understanding the vision that God has for mm-hmm. is what makes good
0: leaders. So like, understanding followers is yeah. what makes good leaders. That's right. Yep. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about that tonight. That's good. Maybe one more.
1: It's really straightforward. But on page seven, he just asked the question: Is God using you to lead others, or is God using me to lead others to Himself? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really easy
0: to lead, lose focus on that, um, but God can use us. Yeah, and are we? Yeah, that's and that's the ticket right there. Are we leading others to Him? Like we we lead, and we've already established the fact that whether we want to or not, we lead. Right? That's not really in question uh, for all of us. But are we leading others to God? Now that's a th- that's an entirely different question. And and how do we do that? And, and and that's something that I hope hopefully we'll have a better um have a little more clarity on as we work through this book. So all right, so let's talk through um the notes here for tonight. Um and we'll do that. Hopefully we can do that quickly every week, you know, kind of get a little bit of feedback from you guys. There will no no doubt there will be overlap between some of the things that you guys give me feedback on and what stuck out to you and what stuck out to me that we include in the notes. Okay. Because there, there ought to be some, there's probably going to be some correlation because a lot of those things, I think basically everything you guys just said are things that stuck out to me or that I underlined in my book. Um, and so there's definitely going to be, but I, I, I would rather, there's something about, and this is something that hopefully you've realized, but like there's something about saying words out loud, and especially even in like a setting like this of, of repeating things that you've heard or that you read to one another and maybe explaining a little bit of why it, it it was meaningful to you that actually kind of impacts it in your brain a little bit better. And I think it's more, it's going to be more impactful for you guys to say those things, even if it's, if it's a lot of the same things that we're going to talk through in the notes, it's going to ingrain it a little bit more in your brains. And as I mentioned last week, this is not primary. This class is not primarily a, Hey, let's, um, you know, let's, let's learn a bunch of facts. You know, we're going to study this in, in, uh, you know, and, and learn a bunch of things about such and such. Like this is going to be, I, I really strongly desire for this to be an application class. And, and I think a lot of the application is going to be in this round table type of discussion and format. So, Somebody. uh, Oh, excuse me. Rectangular table discussion. Thank you for that clarification, Hudson. Let the record show that (laughs) Hudson clarified the rectangular table. We are not sitting at a circular table. Thank you. Okay. the primary he says, uh, the primary quality of a godly leader is that he follows someone who is stronger than he is, wiser than he is, more discerning than he is and more in control of circumstances that he is. Now, who is that someone? Obviously, that, that someone is, yes, Cadence, God, but more specifically, the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ. He is the one who, who, who we follow. Who is stronger than us? Who is more discerning than us? Who is more in control of? I mean, who could be described as being more in control of circumstances than God? No one. Okay, God is the one, and so He's got a leg up on that uh, on us in in that regard, right? We we are seeking to follow Him, um, and He know He knows everything, right? He's He's Uh, He's uh, he's all powerful. He's omnipotent. He's all he's all uh, knowing he's omniscient. He's he's everywhere. He sees everything. And and so he's got a leg up on that. But on us in that regard. But that someone that we're following is Jesus Christ. And he is our ultimate example of leadership. But I want to pause here. Because that's like the good Sunday school answer, right? Obviously, Jesus, you know, Jesus is our leader. He's our fo- We follow him because he's the best leader that ever was. Um, like we say that because we like know that that's the right answer. And, and not saying that that's the wrong answer. It is. It is the right answer. But but I want to think about this for a second. When Jesus was walking this earth. When he was here living among us. How do you think you would have described Jesus. And would you have thought that he was the greatest leader? And I think there's two sides to this answer. But in case you look like you were wanting to say something. The Bible says he was, uh, I mean, for lack of specific words, he wasn't
1: like good to look at. Mm. You wouldn't notice immediately that he was the son of God.
0: Okay. All right. So he didn't. he wasn't flashy. Right? So when you think about like, uh, like a big, uh, I mean like, you guys know who Stephen Furtick is? guys know who that is okay so like elevation church or uh joel joel osteen or so you know people i mean joel osteen's old now but like you know people people like that who like i mean they're like the bam the boom the the movers the shakers they're like whoa like they are the leaders right i mean they they command a presence and there are people like that and there are good people like that i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that there are good people that when they walk in the room i mean they have a commanding presence OK, uh, when when they walk in the room, you know, they're there and, and they just have there's something about them. There's, there's a, it's a there's a there's a magnet magnetism to their personality. There's something about them that they just naturally draw people in and people naturally follow them. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily a bad thing, but but I don't know that that and Jesus Christ, when he was here on this earth, I mean, let's think about the, the people who he called his followers, right? The, the 12 people specifically who were the closest to him, right? Who were, who were known as the 12 disciples. How, how do you think, if we, if we look at the 12 disciples as being the closest followers to Jesus, how do you think we would evaluate Jesus' ability as a leader, looking at the 12 disciples, the people who followed him? They didn't understand the Lord, what he was saying until okay. after they saw it. So they didn't understand his his goals, right? Yeah, that's one of the things that I put down. Um, I, I, I would I would say that at least initially, upon first inspection of Jesus and his ministry as he walked the earth for the three and a half years of his earthly ministry, uh, I'm not sure that we would have said he was all that successful. I mean, you look at at his followers who didn't they didn't understand, as Kevin just said, they they didn't comprehend why he was here. They couldn't get their mind around it really up until like six months, even before his his crucifixion. They were still like talking like, "Jesus, no way you're not. I mean, Jesus trying to explain to them, hey, you guys realize I'm going to I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified. And 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 and, and Peter's like, no way, Lord. He he said, no, that's not what's going to happen. And and the, I mean the, his, follow, his his followers didn't understand his mission. That he, his followers uh, mouthed off to him, even rebuked him when he said when he said things that they didn't like. Um, his followers all abandoned him. At, I mean, what happened at the crucifixion? They all fled, right? Um, even Peter, who said he would never forsake him. I mean, his his like most outspoken follower left. So would you say that's very successful? Well, consider, I mean, think about how how successful a leader was that Jesus was following his death and resurrection. I mean, think about what happened after he died, after he was buried, after he rose again. What happened with his followers then? Yeah. And how does the book of Acts describe what took place following jesus ascension in act 17 it says that they turned the world upside down what changed i mean this is kind of a side note but but what what was it that made these guys who were so afraid prior to the crucifixion prior to the death of christ they were so afraid they fled for their lives but after pentecost after the church starts all of them, history tells us, went on to give up their lives for Christ. Either in exile or by by uh, Peter was crucified upside down uh, or martyred him. What What changed? I think there's two things.
1: Their understanding
0: of him and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so yeah, the way that they understood him and, and that understanding coming... A good bit by, by, via the means of the Holy Spirit. Yes, number one. was one other thing. Yeah. Yeah. The resurrection of Christ. Like, they didn't understand that he he was... That what he was saying that whole time was, hey, I'm, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again the third day. Destroy this temple in three days. I'll rise it again. I'll raise it again. Like, he, they didn't realize that that's what he was talking about. That he was talking about the temple of his body. But when he actually did that, they're like, Oh! Oh, okay. now, now I understand. So, again, I mean, that was kind of an aside. But 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 think about how successful Jesus was as a leader following his death and resurrection. And even and and to be fair, I mean, even during his earthly ministry, thousands of people followed him to hear him, followed him to see what he would do next, to see his miracles, to see what he would do, to see the the, the food he would provide or, or whatever. I just think it's interesting to think through the type of, of leader that Jesus was and and before and after his his uh, death, burial, and resurrection. A biblical leader is a servant. Okay, that's your blank there. A biblical leader is a servant. Hopefully you at least got that out of the reading. He, he points to Genesis 24, 1 and 2. Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. So Abraham said to the oldest servant of his house who had ruled over all that he had, Please put your hand under my thigh, etc., etc. There, there's, they're about to have a end of life kind of covenant type thing there. Um, question: What is the commonly accepted profile of a leader? What, what do we expect leadership to look like? We've kind of already mentioned this, Hudson. What do we expect leaders to look like? Uh, Charismatic, someone like me who can just. Command a presence, command. yes. You into the room, Some, just right, well, then, right. I wonder where you. Where there is key command. Or uh, uh, yes, <laughs> He's good at that. that is yes, that is true. Hudson is good at that. So, so I think actually Kevin already quoted the section of the book where he says confident, assertive, dramatic. Right, and we talked about Furtick, right? I mean, see, I mean, no, no disrespect to Furtick, but uh, you know, I, well, I mean, in any case, uh, yeah, I can disrespect him. Um, you know, there is, um, there is a, uh, a flashiness, you know, it seems a little bit unnecessary and, um, and frankly, lack of biblical content, but in any case, um, you know, that confident, assertive, huh? Oh, it, it's terrible. Don't ever listen to Stephen Furtick. Um, the, the, the flashiness, you know, that, that's kind of what we, that's, that's uh, the default, right? In our mind, we think about, you know, this, this very confident, you know, think about a CEO. Okay. You know, let's get away from pastors. Okay. Think about like a CEO of a company. Right what do you know what do, who who what what kind of personality do you expect them to have? you expect them to be almost a little gruff like almost like a, a no nonsense they come in the room, everybody shuts up uh, they they're, they're they're almost a little bit unkind probably and and very often that that is the case um but but that is not exactly that is not at all how the Bible talks about biblical leadership um collier says if, if the good leader is a good leader because he is a good servant which is what the bible says and a good follower that would be different from the commonly accepted profile of leader that's completely opposite of what we have chosen or what we usually think of with leadership um you, know, you may not have chosen to be a leader but like we said again you know all of us are and the reality is that for many of you uh for the younger folks here, you know, and really for all of us, as you as you get older, your role is going to change. Uh, and I think Mr. Ryan said it very well that that you will very often be put in leadership roles almost by default because you're there, and and you're willing, hopefully, you know, um, and and you're the, you're the one that showed up, and and so whether you want it or not, there's going to be opportunities like that, and your roles will change as you get older, and the Lord desires to use all of us. Uh, in, in, in great ways to, to serve his kingdom. Turn to uh, Mark chapter 9. We looked at Mark chapter 10 last week, and it'll come up again. I mean, it's, it comes up quite a bit in the book. Uh, but Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 35. Then he came to Capernaum, and when he, he was in the house, he asked them, What was it that you dispute, What was it you disputed among yourselves on the road? But they kept silent, for on the road they disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, of course, Jesus, knowing this, again, he has a leg up on us in that that regard, but knowing that what they were thinking and what they had been disputing about along the way, he probably had heard them talking, um, but certainly he would have known. If anyone desires to be first, he says, he shall be last of all and servant of all. Now, the first will be what? First will be? Last we know that right that we that that's always the first thing comes to mind first will be last but what else does the text say we kind of leave off the servant part right what what is what is what are we talking about with being a servant I mean we, we realize that we're not talking about becoming a household servant right is that what we're talking about no. We're not talking about slavery. We're obviously not talking about like, hey, well, you have to go get a job and, and serve, right? As a servant in a restaurant. Okay. That's, we're not talking about that either. Right. So what, what in the world are we talking about? We use this term, we throw it all over the place, but like, what does it mean to serve others, to be a servant? I mean, Jesus says the last shall be first and servant of all. What does that mean?
1: Putting what now, I'm sorry? Putting others' needs ahead of your
0: own. Putting others' needs ahead of your own. Yeah. So thinking of others before you think of yourself. That's not easy. Right? It's not our default, usually. Okay? How else? How do we how do we be a servant? I had, a uh in one of my classes this week, the professor asked a question, and nobody was answering, and it was, it was kind of like just a second ago you were there, and I was like, it was not a hard question, and, uh and, but before anybody answered, and I ended up answering, but before anybody answered, he said, uh, I'm willing to wait a very long time to get, for someone to answer, so. Uh, but other thoughts, like what 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 are we talking about? I mean, are we just using this word and just throwing it around and saying, "Oh yeah, be a servant." Now, the, the the rest of the book will give us some direction and insight on that. But but what are we? I mean, let's get this in our mind. Like, what are we talking about here?
1: Giving you of your resources
0: to help others. Okay, giving of your resources to help others could mean that that could be an application
1: being willing to take a lesser role okay give people priority.
0: so might it mean um, being willing to do the job that other people don't want to do I'm not necessarily talking about like a job like your position or your vocation, but I mean, it certainly could mean that, but being willing to clean the toilets, the house. I know you all, do you guys have toilets at your house? I think, okay. Okay. I think you all do. Okay. I mean, I know it's a little, uh, okay. And I'm assuming that if you have them at your house, huh? (laughs) Well, that's true. Uh, But I'm assuming if you have them at your house, then probably somebody uses them. And, uh, well, that means that, that they probably need to get cleaned once in a while. <laughs> they probably need to get cleaned once in a while, right? Who cleans them? Is that, is that mom's job? Mom's got to do that. Okay. She's the only one that knows how to do that.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. I mean, seriously,
1: <laughs> so,
0: I could go off on a rabbit trail on this. Well, not the toilets, but I, okay. Well, no, it's, it's actually, it's relevant. Okay. So I have actually sat around and this is, this is, this is men. Okay. But I have actually, no, 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 I mean, it's, you'll understand. Um, I've actually sat around with, with guys in a church setting and where we're talking, talking about things around the house and, and where the, the, the other guys in, in the setting, and this was not here. Okay, This was not a harvest. So just, it's nobody any of you all know. But um, the guys in the circle that were, you know, sitting around outside talking. And um, somebody said something along the lines of that that they hadn't changed a diaper since their child was a newborn in the hospital. Now, this person had four children. And they had not changed a the diaper. They were bragging about this to these other guys about how they hadn't changed a diaper since there was the, their first child was a newborn in the hospital. Now that about made my skin crawl. Uh, in addition, some of the other guys were talking about how their wife doesn't let them hear this. Their wife doesn't let them fold the towels. Now, there are wives that want their towels folded a certain way. And I completely understand that. But I gotta tell you guys, you two especially <laughs> that that is no excuse. Learn to fold. Learn to fold a towel. Okay? I'm talking to men who are engineers. Who go off every day and do jobs that are difficult, that they had to train for years to do things that are technical, things that that they really had to work hard to learn how to do. But you're telling me that you can't learn to fold a towel or load a dishwasher, because that's another big one, certain way to load the dishwasher. You know, I can't do it the way she wants to, so I just don't do it. Now, is that servant leadership? I don't think so. Okay? Um, I didn't mean to go off on that.
1: There's two levels to that, too. In most households, if you're willing to fold the towels, they won't mind as much how you fold
0: them. Fair. Absolutely. But, too, yes, you can
1: learn but, 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 yeah!
0: But that was the excuse. Was like, well, I don't know how to do it. She doesn't like the way I fold it, so I can't do it. Come on. They that, that, that's, that it's absolute garbage. Okay? Uh and 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 so and no way you'd make kids, but, I don't know how in the world it happened. I truly don't understand it. There's
1: nothing there's nothing there, I, right. sure.
0: I I mean maybe he was lying. I don't
1: know. That's like a lot of situations. I'm already in it it's the 1800s. And so most of the time the parent like the dad wasn't even like in the picture. You, like, children, for, like, 10 minutes,
0: and- I know I'm old Sophia, but this was not in the 1800s. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, it was not that kind of situation either, but in any case, okay, we got to No, 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 I, that's fair. That's fair. But okay, but, but there's, okay, that is real life servant leadership right there. Okay. Like you're leading by serving. You're leading by doing the things that nobody else wants to do. Okay. It's really not a lot of fun, to change dirty diapers. Okay? When you, especially when your kid, well,
1: okay. Get up, get up. You want some
0: description? Uh, you know, it can be plenty, it can be plenty of not fun. Okay? And, and, but you know what? I mean, that, that is, that is servant leadership. Okay? That is being willing to do, and that's just one example, but, but, like, scrub the toilet. Okay? Somebody's got to do it. It's really not that hard. It's kind of satisfying. It's like, hey, you know. It's satisfying to clean something. I'm sorry? I dirty your toilets. They get, I mean, the toilets get, huh? Yeah, I've got four kids. Toilets get dirty and they don't always remember to flush. Uh, so in any case, wait, let's move on. But I just, I, I, I just. It's recorded. <laughs> I'm not saying anything here that I can't put out in the world. Um, the first will be last and will be a servant of all. Jesus is our is our example. He was the perfect servant leader. I included mark 10 forty two and forty five for sake of time. We won't look at that again. We looked at it last week. Um, but Jesus is a perfect leader. He did not selfishly do- he, he put these are the kind of the points that he has in the book. Uh, he did not selfishly dominate others. Again, pulling, from, pulling that from Mark, he compares. He says, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, but that not so among you. That is not the way we lead, he says. Uh, these verses keep showing up because they, they so clearly demonstrate the contrast between what, in, in J. Oswald Sanders' book, Spiritual Leadership, that some of you are going to read, uh, he, con- he contrasts the idea of natural versus spiritual leadership. There's man's definition of what a good leader is, and there's God's definition of what a good leader is. Um, so he did not selfishly dominate as others do. He ministered by serving. Uh, there's a number of verses there that that you can look at. Uh, he he served by sacrificing. Again, back to Mark chapter 10. He was not a taker. Okay, Jesus was not a taker. He was a giver. You have people in this world, people in life who who are who are just takers. They just constantly take, right, and they never give. Never give anything back out. Um, that is not the way, the kind of people that we are called to be, and that is not the way Jesus was. He was constantly giving, pouring himself out for others. Prior, earlier in, in the book of Mark, something that I've i mentioned probably back over the summer when I was in in the section of when John the Baptist died. Uh, Jesus, who was a relative of John the Baptist, had learned of John the Baptist's passing. And was seeking some, some time away. He was seeking some solace. He was seeking some rest. He was seeking some time, I, th- I believe, to, to grieve the loss of this relative, um, this friend, John the Baptist. And as he's doing that, as he's departing with his disciples to go away and to go to the other side, the crowds follow him. And that's when we have the feeding of the 5,000. So, so Jesus is, is seeking. And, and we've all had this experience, right? All I want to do is just lay down. All I want to, I just, all, I just want to sit down and turn on the TV and I don't want to think about or see anybody else. Right. And then that's when somebody comes in and has a need. That's when junior comes in and says, dad, I I kind of want to talk about something or that, you know, that's when, I mean, seriously, like those are testing moments right there. Okay. Those moments. And you're going to know it's going to happen and you're going to know it. You're going to know I can either choose to respond as a servant leader and respond in love to this person. And take this opportunity that God has put in front of me. Or I can be frustrated. And say, no, I wanted to do this. Jesus was, was, was seeking time away as a human being. Okay, Jesus had a divine nature and he had a human nature. And his human nature was hurting. His human nature was, was grieving for the loss of this person that he was close to. And yet, as these crowds followed him, he taught them. He took the time and taught them. And then when they were hungry before sending them away, like the disciples said, just send them away, get them out of here. He feed, he fed them. Um, He, he, he was serving by sacrificing. He was a giver. He constantly served. He never got irritated. He just loved. He just served. So there's a couple discussion questions there for you. We've really kind of run out of time here, but you can think through those. Those are the same, uh, mostly really the same discussion questions at the end. Um, a couple of thoughts on the last one there. What ways can you sacrifice time and resources for others? We've talked about something a little bit of this, serving at home, serving your families, okay? Be the one to volunteer uh to do the dishes without being asked. Volunteer to, to, to scrub the toilet, okay? Pick up after your younger siblings. Serving at school. Um, you know, be nice to the weird kid at school. You're already nice yeah. to Hudson, so. Wow. so. um, But you know, no, the the kid at school that nobody else wants to talk to. For the record, they just don't know me. Maybe they, they do. Want to talk. <laughs> they just will get around to it one day. But be a good, you know, serve your teachers by being a good example in class. Um. Serving at church, being willing to step up when asked, being the first to do the job that nobody else wants to do. Serving uh, in the nursery, ladies, serving, uh, you know, in all, there's so many things, guys. There's so many opportunities. There's no shortage, uh, but helping, you know, helping clean up. I, I mean, there's because we have events here all the time. And and one of the things that we've actually started to struggle with in recent days Is that it used to be, there was such a culture of just like, Hey, when an event's done, everybody pitches in, everybody cleans up, everybody clears their table. Everybody does that kind of stuff. And that's just, that's just what we did. And we've, we've almost started to have to say, Hey, we, we really need you to do that. Like, we don't have people that just come behind us and clean everything up. This isn't a restaurant, you know, and, and, and not, not as a huge problem or anything, but just as a reminder, like, Hey. We, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta gotta serve, you know, we've gotta clean up and, and, and being willing to jump in there and, um, you know, and take the trash can from my kids that are pushing it around (laughs) and, 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 hey you know, get some of that trash and let them do that. That's fine. But, um, you know, be willing to, to jump in and and help and serve and move chairs and, and do all that kind of, and, and we do, and, and we, 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 as, as a church, I mean, this is, we, we, we are very good at this kind of stuff. Uh, but it's always good to be reminded. I mean, these are practical ways, practical ways that we can serve uh, and lead by serving. So, OK, any other last minute thoughts, questions or comments? I know it's 830, so I, nobody's going to say anything. Have a great night. Thank you. See you next week.